Section 21 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The Eleventh Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part 1. While thus the Thracian bard the forests drew, and rocks and furious beasts with strains divine, behold the Thracian dames their maddened breasts clad with the shaggy spoil of furious beasts espied him from an hillock's rising swell as to his sounding strings he shaped the song when one her tresses in the ruffling air wild streaming cried lo him who spurns our ties and full her dart gainst the harmonious mouth of phoebus's son she flung in twisted round with leaves a bruise without a wound appeared a stone another for a weapon seized the flying stone was even in air subdued by harmony and song and at his feet low fell as suppliant for its daring fault but now the tumult swells more furious bounds it knows not mad Irinus reigns around yet all their weapons had his music's power softened but clamour berecynthian horns drums clappings bacchanalian shouts and howls drowned the soft lyre then were the stones disdained with silenced orpheus's blood the bacchae first drove wide the crowding birds the snakes the beasts in throngs collected by his tuneful voice glory of orpheus's stage from thence they turned their gory hands on orpheus and around clustered like fowls that in the day espy the bird of darkness then as in the morn the high-raised amphitheatre beholds the stag a prey to hounds so they the bard attacked and flung their thyrsi twined with leaves for different use first formed those hurl huge clods these branches torn from trees and others stones lest to their fury arms were wanting lo a yoke of oxen with the ploughshare broke the ground not distant far with sinews there of nervous strength the husbandmen upturned the stubborn soil with sweat producing fruit these when the troop they saw affrighted fled quitting their instruments of toil their rakes their ponderous harrows and their huge long spades were scattered left on the deserted field these when their furious hands had seized and tore from the strong oxen's heads the threatening horns back they returned to end the poet's fate and sacrilegious as he stretched his hands they slaughtered him then first in vain his words were uttered naught could then his speech avail then heavenly powers his spirit was expelled and breathed in air even through that mouth whose sound hard rocks had heard and wildest beasts had owned for thee o orpheus mourned the feathered tribe and crowds of savage monsters flinty rocks bewailed thee forests which thy tempting song so oft had caused to follow wept the trees shorn of their pride bewailed with falling leaves each stream tis said with flowing tears increased its current naiad nymphs and dryads wore garments of sable tinge with streaming hair wide scattered lie his limbs his head and lyre thou hebrus dost receive and while they glide wondrous occurrence down the floating stream the lyre a mournful moan sends forth the lips now lifeless murmur plaintive and the bank echoes the lamentations borne along to ocean now his native stream they leave and reach methinna on the lesbian shore the head exposed thus on the foreign sand and locks still dropping with the watery wave a snake approached but phoebus gave his aid and checked the greedy bite with open jaws the serpent rears in stone congealed as then widely he gaped the ghost from earth descends and views the regions he had viewed before exploring through the elysian fields he meets his dear eurydice with longing arms he clasps her 
here they walk now side by side with equal pace now follows he and now a little space precedes her orpheus there back on eurydice in safety looks but bacchus suffered not the heinous deed unpunished to remain grieved that the bard who sung his praises thus was snatched away he bound the thracian matrons who the crime had perpetrated fast by twisted roots to earth as trees he stretched their feet and toes which followed him so swift and struck their points deep in the solid earth a bird ensnared thus finds his leg imprisoned by the wires hid by the crafty fowler and his wings beats while his fluttering draws more tight the noose so each as firmly fixed to earth she stood affrighted strove to fly but strove in vain the flexile roots detained them and fast tied spite of their struggling bounds while they explore for toes and nails and while they seek for feet they see the wood their taper legs conceal their grieving hands to beat their thighs are raised their hands strike solid wood their shoulders breasts are also wood become their outstretched arms extended boughs appeared and boughs they were nor sated yet was bacchus all their fields he quits attended by a worthier troop tutmolus's vineyards and pactolus's stream he hies the stream not yet for gold was famed not yet so precious were its envied sands satyrs and bacchant nymphs his customed choir attend him but silenus was not found him drunken had the rustic phrygians seized reeling with wine and tottering neath his years with ivy crowned and fettered to their king the royal midas brought him midas once the thracian orpheus bacchus's orgies taught with sage eumolpus and at once he knew his old associate in the sacred rites and joyful feasted with voluptuous fare for twice five days and twice five nights his guest the eleventh time phosphor now the lofty host of stars had chased from heaven the jovial king went forth to lydia's fields and there restored silenus to the youth his foster child he joyed again his nursing sire to see on him bestowed his anxious sought desire though useless was the gift greedy he craved what only harmed him saying grant o power whate'er i touch may straight to gold be changed bacchus consents to what he wishes gives the hurtful gift but grieves to see his mind no better wish demand joyful departs the berecynthian monarch with ill fate delighted and each object touching tries the promised faith scarcely himself believed when from a growing ilex down he tore a sprouting bough straight gold the bough became a stone from earth he lifted pale the stone in gold appeared he touched a turfy clod the clod quick hardened with the potent touch he plucked the ripened hoary ears of wheat and golden shone the grain he from the tree an apple snatched the famed hesperian fruit he seemed to hold where'er his fingers touched the lofty pillars all the pillars shone nay where his hands he in the waters laved the waters flowing from his hands seemed such as danae might deceive scarce can his breast his towering projects hold all fancied gold the attendant slaves before their master joyed at this great fortune heaped the table high with dainties nor was bread deficient there but when his hands the cerealian boon had touched the cerealian boon grew hard and when the dainty food with greedy tooth he strove to eat the dainty food grew bright in glittering plates where'er his teeth had touched he mixed pure water with his patron's wine and fluid gold adown his cheeks straight flowed with panic seized the new-found plague to view rich yet most wretched from his wealthy hoard fain would he fly and from his soul detests what late he anxious prayed the plenteous gold abates his hunger naught and parching thirst burns in his throat he well deserves the curse caused by now hated gold 
lifting his hands and splendid arms to heaven he cries o sire lenean pardon my offence my fault is evident but pity me i pray and from me move this fair deceitful curse bacchus the gentlest of celestial powers relieved him as he thus his error owned the compact first agreed dissolved and void the grant became lest still thou shouldst remain with gold he said so madly wished imbued haste to the stream by mighty sardis's town which flows thy path along the mountain's ridge explore opposing still the gliding waves till thou the spring espiced then deeply plunge beneath the foaming gush thy head where full it spouts its waters and thy error cleanse as clean thy limbs thou washest to the stream the king is bidden hastes the golden charm tinges the river from the monarch's limbs it passes to the stream and now the banks harden in veins of gold to sight disclosed and the pale sands in glittering splendour shine detesting riches now in woods he lives and rural dales with pan who still resorts to mountain caverns still his soul remains stupidly dull the folly of his breast was doomed to harm its owner as before Itmolus rears with steep ascent his head o'er looking distant ocean wide he spreads his bounds abrupt confined by sardis here by small hypepe there upon his top while pan in boastful strain the tender nymphs pleased with his notes and on his wax joined reeds a paltry ditty played boldly he dared to place his own above apollo's song the god to try the unequal strife descends tmolus the umpire on his mountain placed the ancient judge from his attentive ears the branches cleared save that his azure head with oak was crowned and acorns dangling down his hollow temples graced the shepherd's god beholding no delay your judge he said shall cause and straight pan sounds the rural reeds his barbarous music much the judgment pleased of midas who amidst the crowd approached now venerable tmolus on the face of phoebus turned his eyes and with him turned the attentive woods Parnassian laurel bound his golden locks deep dipped in tyrian dye his garment swept the ground his left hand held the instrument with gems and ivory rich the other grasped the bow his posture showed the skilful master's art lightly he touched the chords with thumb experienced justly charmed with melody so sweet molus decreed the pipe of pan to phoebus's lute should yield much did the judgment of the sacred hill and much his sentence all delight save one for midas blames him and unjust declares the arbitration human shape no more the god permits his foolish ears to wear but long extends them and with hoary hairs fills them within and grants them power to move from their foundation flexile all beside was man one part felt his revenge alone a slowly pacing ass's ears he bears his head weighed heavy with his load of shame he strove in purple turban to enfold thus his disgrace to hide but when as wont his slave his hairs unseemly lengthened cropped he saw the change the tale he feared to tell of what he witnessed though he anxious wished in public to proclaim it yet to hold sacred the trust surpassed his power he went forth and digged up the earth with whispering voice there he imparted of his master's ears what he had seen and murmured to the sod but buried close the confidential words beneath the turf again then all filled up silently he departed from the spot began a thick-grown tuft of trembling reeds to spring which ripening with the years full round betrayed their planter by the light south wind when agitated they the buried words disclosed betraying what the monarch's ears Latona's son avenged height molus leaves 
and cleaving liquid air lights in the realm laomedon commands on the straight sea nephilian helle names an altar stands sacred to panomphian jove where seen lofty retium rises to the left sigium to the right from thence he saw laomedon as first he toiled to build the walls of infant troy with toil immense the undertaking in progression grew and mighty sums he saw the work would ask a mortal shape he takes a mortal shape clothes too the trident-bearing sire who rules the swelling deep the phrygian monarch's walls they raise a certain treasure for their toil agreed on first the work is finished base the king disowns the compact and his lies perfidious backs with perjury boast not this treatment calmly borne the ocean's god exclaimed and o'er the sordid trojan shores poured all his flood of billows and transformed the land to sheets of water swept away the tiller's treasure buried all the meads nor sated with this ruin he demands the monarch's daughter should be given a prey to an huge monster of the main whom chained to the hard rock alcides arm set free and claimed the boon his due the promised steeds refused the prize his valorous deed deserved he sacked the walls of doubly perjured troy nor thence did telamon whose powerful arm the hero aided unrewarded go hesione was by alcides given peleus was famous for his goddess spouse proud not more justly of his grandsire's fame than of his consort's father numbers more might boast them grandsons of imperial jove to him alone a goddess bride belonged for aged proteus had to thetis said o goddess of the waves a child conceive thou shalt be mother of a youth whose deeds will far the bravest of his sires transcend and mightier than his sires shall be his name hence lest the world than jove a mightier god should know though jove with amorous flames fierce burned he shunned the embraces of the watery dame and bade his grandson peleus to his hopes succeed and clasp the virgin in his arms Emonia's coast a bay possesses curved like a bent bow whose arms enclosing stretch far in the sea where if more deep the waves and haven would be formed the waters spread just o'er the sand firm is the level shore such as would ne'er the race retard nor hold the print of feet no seaweed there was spread nigh sprung a grove of myrtle covered thick with double tainted berries in the midst a cave appeared by art or nature formed but art most plain was seen here thetis oft placed unattired on thy reined dolphin's back thou didst delight to come there as thou laidst in slumbers bound did peleus on thee seize and when his most endearing prayers were spurned force he prepared both arms around thy neck close clasped and then to thy accustomed arts of often varied form hadst thou not fled he might have prospered in his daring hope but now a bird thou wert the bird he held now an huge tree peleus the tree grasped firm a spotted tiger then thy third changed shape frighted at that aesides his hold quit from her body then the ocean powers he worshipped pouring wine upon the waves and bleating victims slew and incense burned till from the gulf profound the prophet spoke of carpathus o peleus gain thou shalt the wished-for nuptials only when she rests in the cool cavern sleeping thou with cords and fetters strong her unsuspecting bind nor let an hundred shapes thy soul deceive still hold her fast whatever form she wears till in her pristine looks she shines again this proteus said and plunged his head beneath the waves while scarce his final words were heard prone down the west was titan speeding now and to the hesperian waves his car inclined when the fair nereid from the wide deep came 
and sought her customed couch scarce peleus seized her virgin limbs when straight a thousand forms she tried till fast she saw her members tied and her arms fettered close in every part then sighed and said thou conquerest by some god and the fair form of thetis was displayed the hero clasped her and his wishes gained and great achilles straight the nymph conceived now blessed was peleus in his son and bride and blessed in all which can to man belong save in the crime of murdered focus from his paternal home of brother's blood guilty trachinia's soil received him first here saix phosphor's offspring who retained his father's splendour on his forehead ruled the land which knew not bloodshed knew not force at that time gloomy sad himself unlike he mourned a brother's loss to him fatigued with travel and with care worn out the son of iacus arrived and in the town entered with followers few the flocks and herds that journeyed with him just without the walls in a dark vale were left when the first grant to approach the monarch was obtained he raised the olive in his suppliant hand then told his name and lineage but his crime concealed his cause of flight dissembling next he begged for him and his some pastures and a town then thus trachinius king with friendly brow to all the very meanest of mankind are our possessions free nor do i rule a realm inhospitable add to these inducements strong thine own illustrious name and grandsire jove in praying lose not time whate'er thou wouldst thou shalt receive and all such as it is with me most freely share would it were better speaking thus he wept his cause of grief to peleus and his friends anxious inquiring then the monarch told perchance this bird which by fierce rapine lives dread of the feathered tribe you think still wings possessed once man he bore a noble soul though stern and rough in war and fond of blood his name didalian from the sire produced who calls aurora forth and last of stars relinquishes the sky peace my delight peace to preserve was still my care my joys i shared in hymen's bonds fierce wars alone my brother pleased his valour then o'erthrew monarchs and nations who in altered form drives now thisbian pigeons through the air his daughter chione in beauty rich for marriage ripe now fourteen years had seen and numerous suitors with her charms were fired it chanced that phoebus once and maia's son returning from his favourite delphos this that from selene's top together saw the nymph together felt the amorous flame apollo his warm hopes till night defers but hermes brooks delay not with his rod compelling sleep he strokes the virgin's face beneath the potent touch she sinks and yields without resistance to his amorous force night spread o'er heaven the stars when phoebus took a matron's form and seized foretasted joys when its full time the womb matured had seen autolycus was born the crafty seed of the winged-footed god acute of thought to every shade of theft from his sire's art degenerate not white he was wont to make appear as black and black from white produce philammon famous with the lyre and song was born to phoebus twins the nymph brought forth but where the benefit that too she bears where that the favourite of two gods she boasts what that a valiant sire she claims and claims as ancestor the mighty thundering god is it that glory such as this still harms certain it hurtful proved to her who dared herself prefer to diane and despise the goddess's beauty fierce in ire she cried at least i'll try to make my actions please nor stayed 
the bow she bent and from the cord impelled the dart through her deserving tongue the reed was sent mute straight that tongue became nor sound nor what she tried to utter heard striving to speak life flowed with flowing blood what woe o hapless piety oppressed my heart what solace to her tender sire i spoke my solace just the same he heard as rocks here murmuring waves but still he moaned for his lost child but when the flames he saw ascending four times mid the funeral fires he strove to plunge four times from thence repulsed his rapid limbs addressed for flight and rushed like a young bullock when the hornet's sting deep in his neck he bears in pathless ways even now more swift than man he seemed to run his feet seemed wings to wear for all behind he left far distant through desire of death rapid he gained parnassus's loftiest ridge apollo pitying when didalian flung from the high rock his body to a bird transformed him and on sudden pinions bore him floating bended hooks he gave his claws and gave a crooked beak valor as wont and strength more great than such a body shows now as an hawk to every bird a foe he wages war on all and grieved himself he constant cause for others grief affords while these miraculous deeds bright phosphor's sob tells of his brother peleus's herdsman comes phocian anator flying and with speed breathless o peleus peleus he exclaims of horrid slaughter messenger i come him peleus bids whate'er he brings to speak trachinia's monarch even with friendly dread trembles the news to hear when thus the man the weary cattle to the curving shore i'd driven when sol from loftiest heaven might view his journey half performed while half remained part of the oxen on the yellow sand on their knees bending viewed the spacious plain of widespread waters part with loitering pace strayed here and thither others swam and reared their lofty necks above the waves there stood close to the sea a temple where nor gold nor polished marble shone but reared with trees thick piled it gloomed within an ancient grove this nereus and the nereid nymphs possess a fisherman as on the shore he dried his nets informed us these the temple owned a marsh joins near the fane with willows thick beset which waves o'erflowing first has formed a wolf from thence a beast of monstrous bulk thundering with mighty clash with terror struck the neighbouring spots then from the marshy woods sprung out his jaws terrific smeared with foam and clotted gore his eyes with red flames glared mad though he raged with ire and famine both famine less strong appeared for his dire maw and craving hunger he not cared to fill with the slain oxen wounding all the herd all hostile overthrowing some of us ranched by his deadly tooth to death were sent defence attempting the shore and marsh with bellowings echoing and the ocean's edge redden with blood but ruinous delay for hesitation leisure is not now while aught remains let all together join arm arm and on him hurl united spears the herdsman ceased peleus the loss not moved but conscious of his fault infers the plague sent by the childless nereid to avenge her slaughtered focus's loss yet ceyx bids his warriors arm and take their forceful darts with them prepared to issue but his spouse alcyone roused by the tumult sprung forth from her chamber unadorned her locks which scattered hung around her ceyx's neck clasping she begged with moving words and tears aid he would send but go not thus preserve two lives in one then peleus to the queen banish your laudable and duteous fears for what the king intended thanks are due arms against this novel plague i will not take prayers must the goddess of the deep appease 
a lofty tower there stood whose summit bore a beacon grateful object to the sight of weary mariners thither they mount and see with sighs the herd strewed o'er the beach the monster ravaging with gory jaw and his long shaggy hairs in blood bedyed thence peleus stretching to the wide seashore his arms to samathe cerulean prayed to finish there her rage and grant relief unmoved she heard aesides implore but thetis suppliant from the goddess gained the favour for her spouse unchecked the wolf the furious slaughter quits not fierce the more from the sweet taste of blood till to a stone transformed as on a bull's torn neck he hung his form remains and save his colour all the colour only shows him wolf no more and shows no terror he shall now inspire end of section twenty one section twenty two of metamorphoses this librivox recording is in the public domain metamorphoses by publius ovidius naso ovid translated by j j howard the eleventh book of the metamorphoses of ovid part two still in this realm the angry fates denied peleus to stay exiled he wandered on and reached magnesia from acastus there thessalian expiation he received Ceyx, meantime, with anxious doubts disturbed, first with the prodigy, his brother's change, then those which followed, to the clarion god prepared to go, the oracles to seek, which sweetly solace men's uneasy minds. Delphos was inaccessible, the road forbas profane with all his phlegians barred. Yet first Alcione, most faithful spouse, he tells thee of his purpose, instant seized a death-like coldness on her inmost heart, a box and paleness o'er her features spread and down her cheeks the tears in torrents rolled thrice she attempted words but thrice her tears her words prevented then her pious plaints broken by interrupted sobs she spoke my dearest lord what hapless fault of mine thy soul has altered where that love for me thou wernst to show canst thou now unconcerned depart and leave alcyone behind clads thee this tedious journey am i loved most dearly farthest absent yet by land was all thy journey then i should but grieve not tremble sighs would then of fears take place the sea the dread appearance of the main me terrifies but lately i beheld torn planks bestrew the shore and oft i've read on empty tombs the names of dead inscribed let not fallacious confidence thy mind mislead that aeolus i call my sire who binds the furious winds in caves and smooths at will the ocean no when issued once they sweep the main no power of his can rule and uncontrolled they ravage all the land nor checks them aught on ocean clouds of heaven they clash and ruddy lightnings hurl along in fierce encounter more their force i know for well i knew and oft have marked their power while yet an infant at my sire's abode the more i deem them such as should be feared yet dearest spouse if thy firm fixed resolve no prayers can change and obstinate thou standst for sailing let me also with thee go together then the buffeting will bear then shall i fear but what i suffer then whate'er we suffer we'll together feel together sailing o'er the boundless main her words and tears the star-born husband moved for less of love he felt not yet his scheme to voyage o'er the deep he could not change nor yet consent alcyone should share his peril and with soothing soft replies he tried to calm her timid breast nor yet himself approved the arguments he tried his consort to persuade consent to yield to his departure this at length he adds as solace 
which alone her bosom moved all absence tedious seems but by the fires my father bears i swear if fates permit returning thou shalt see me ere the moon shall twice have filled her orb hope in her breast thus raised by promise of a quick return instant the vessel from the dock drawn forth he bids them launch in ocean and complete in all her stores and tackling this beheld alcione and presaging again woes of the future trembled and a flood of tears again gushed forth again she clasped his neck at length as wretched wife she cried farewell she swooning lifeless sunk to earth the rowers now while ceyx sought delays to their strong breasts the double ranking oars drew back and cleft with equal stroke the surge her humid eyes she raised and first beheld her husband standing on the crooked poop waving his hand as signal she his sign returned when farther from the land they shot her straining eyes no more indulged to know his features still while yet they could her eyes pursued the flying vessel this at length increasing distance her forbade to see still she perceived the floating sails which spread from the mast's loftiest summit sails at length were also lost in distance then she sought anxious her widowed chamber and her limbs threw on the couch the bed the vacant space renewed her tears reminding of her loss now far from port they sailed when the strong ropes the breeze began to strain the rowers turned their oars and lashed them to the vessel's side hoist to the mast's extremest height their yards and loose their sails to catch the coming breeze scarce half not more than half the sea's extent the vessel now had ploughed and either land was distant far when as dim night approached the sea seemed foaming white with rising waves and the strong east more furious gan to blow long had the master cried lower down your yards and close furl every sail he bids the storm adverse impedes the sound the roaring waves drown every voice in noise yet some untold haste to secure the oars part bind the sails part fortify the sides this water laves ejecting seas on seas that lowers the yards while thus they toil unguided rough the storm increases from each quarter furious winds wage warfare and with mounting billows join trembles the ruler of the bark and owns his state he knows not what he should command nor what forbid so swift the sudden storm so much more strong the tempest than his skill men clamorous shout cords rattle mighty waves roar on waves rushing thunders roll through air in billows mounts the ocean and appears to meet the sky and o'er the hanging clouds sprinkles its foam now from the lowest depths as yellow sands they turn the billows shine now blacker seem they than the stygian waves now flattened all with spumy froth is spread the ship trachinian too each rapid change in agitation heaves now raised sublime the deepened vale she views as from a ridge so lofty down to acheron's low depths now in the hollow of the wave she falls and views the hanging heaven from hell's deep gulf oft bursting on her side with loud report the billows sound nor with less fury beat than the ballista or huge battering ram driven on the tottering fort or lions fierce whose strength and rage increasing with their speed rush on the armoured breast and outstretched spear so rushed the waves with wind propelling power high o'er the decks and above the rigging rose now shook the wedges open rents appeared the pitchy covering gone and wide displayed a passage opens to the deadly flood then from the breaking clouds fell torrent showers all heaven seemed sweeping down to swell the main and the swollen main ascending to invade celestial regions soaked with floods each sail 
and ocean's briny waters mixed with rain no light the firmament possessed and night frowned blacker through the tempest lightning oft reft the thick gloom and gave a brilliant blaze and while the lightnings flame the waters burn now o'er the vessel's covered deck the waves high tower and as a soldier braver far than all his fellows urged by thirst of fame the well-defended walls to scale oft tried at length his hope obtains and singly keeps his post by foes on every side assailed so when the furious billows raging beat the lofty side the tenth impetuous rears above the rest and forceful rushes on the battery ceasing not on the spent bark till o'er the wall as of a captured town downward it rushes part without invade and part are lodged within in terror all in trembling panic stand not more the crowd which fill a city's walls when foes without mine their foundations while an entrance gained within part rage already art no more can aid all courage droops as many deaths seem rapid rushing as the billows break this wails and tears his fate that stupid stands this calls those blessed whom funeral rites await one to his deity rich offerings vows and vainly stretching forth to heaven his arms the heaven he sees not begs for aid his friends brethren and parents fill of this the mind of that his children or whate'er he leaves alcyone alone in ceyx's soul found place and but alcyone his lips naught uttered her alone he wished to see yet joyed she far was absent much he longed to view once more his dear paternal shores and turn his last looks toward his regal dome but where to turn he knows not in a whirl so boils the sea and all the heaven is hid in shade by more than pitchy clouds produced night doubly darkened now the whirlwind's force shivers the mast and tears the helm away and like a victor proud to view his spoils mounts an high wave and scornfully beholds the lower billows thundering down it sweeps impelled by force that athos might o'erturn or pindus from their roots and plunge in sea down in the lowest depths the weight and blow buried the vessel with her most the crew sunk in the raging gulf some met their fate ne'er to return to air some floated still to splintered fragments of the bark they clung ceyx himself grasped only in that hand a shattered plank which once a sceptre held and aeolus and phosphor called in vain but chiefly from his lips was as he swam alcyone resounded that loved name remembered constant and repeated most he prays the billows may his body bear to meet her eyes and prays her friendly hands his burial may perform while thus he swims alcyone he names whene'er the waves to gasp for breath permit him and beneath the billows tries alcyone to sound lo a black towering arch of waters broke midst of the surges in the boiling foam involved or whelmed he sunk that mournful night was phosphor dark impalpable to view and since stern fate to heaven his post fast bound he veiled in densest clouds his grieving face meantime alcyone her height of woe unknown counts each sad night and now with haste the garments he should wear prepares and now those to adorn herself when him she meets cherishing emptiest hopes of his return devoutest offerings to the heavenly powers she bore but incense far before the rest on juno's altar burned and oft she prayed for him who was not for his safety prayed for his return and that his love might still without a rival hers remain the last of all her ardent prayers indulgence found but longer bore the goddess not to hear such vain petitions for the dead these hands polluted from her altars to remove to iris thus she spoke 
o faithful maid most trusty messenger with speed repair to somnus's drowsy hall him bid to send a vision formed in lifeless cx's shape to tell alcyone her woe's extent she ended in her various tainted robe attired and spreading o'er the spacious heaven her sweeping arch iris the dwelling sought the goddess ordered hid beneath a steep near the cimmerians in a deep dug cave formed in a hollow mountain stands the hall and secret dwelling of inactive sleep where phoebus rising or in midday height or setting radiance ne'er can dart his beams clouds with dim darkness mingled from the ground exhale and twilight makes a doubtful day the watchful bird with crested head ne'er calls aurora with his song no wakeful dog nor goose more wakeful ere the silence breaks no savage beasts no pastured flocks no boughs shook by the breeze no brawl of human voice there sounds but death-like silence reigns around yet from the rock's foundation gently flows a stream of lethe's water whose dull waves in gentle murmuring o'er the pebbles pearl tempting to slumber at the cavern door the fruitful poppy and ten thousand plants from which moist night the drowsy juices drains then scatters o'er the shady earth grew thick round all the house no gate was seen which turned on the dry hinge should creak no sentry strict the threshold to protect but in the midst the lofty bed of ebon formed was placed black were the feathers all the coverings black and stretched at length the god was seen his limbs with lassitude relaxed around him thronged in every part vain dreams in various forms in number more than what the harvest bears of bearded grains the woods of verdant leaves or shore of yellow sands here came the nymph the posing dreams pushed sideways with her hands and through the sacred mansion from her robe scattered refulgent light with pain the god his eyelids weighed with slothful torpor raised but at each effort down they sunk again and on his breast his nodding chin still smote at length he roused him from his drowsy state and on his elbow resting asked the nymph for well he knew her why she thither came then she o somnus peaceful rest of all somnus most placid of immortal powers calm of the soul whom care forever flies who soothest bosoms with diurnal toil fatigued and renovatest for toil again dispatch a vision to trachinia's town by great alcides founded in the form its hapless monarch bore let it display the lively image of her husband's wreck to sad alcyone this juno bids iris her message thus delivered turned for more the soporific mist which rose around she bore not soon as sleep she felt stealing upon her limbs abrupt she fled mounting the bow by which she glided down the drowsy sire from midst a thousand suns calls morpheus forth an artful god who well all shapes can feign none copies else so close the bidden gate the features and the mode of converse vesture too the same he wears and language such as most they wont to speak mankind alone he imitates to seem fierce beasts and birds and long-extended snakes and other claims this isilus the gods have named by mortals as for tibor known a third is phantasus of different skill his change is happiest when he earth becomes or rocks or waves or trees or substance aught that animation lacks these show their forms by night to mighty heroes and to kings the rest before the ignobler crowd perform all these the ancient somnus passed and chose morpheus alone from all his brethren crowd the deed thormantian iris bad to do then weighed with slumber dropped again his head and shrunk once more within the sable couch he flies through darkness on unrustling wings 
and short the space ere in trachinia's town he lights and from his shoulders lays aside his pinions when he ceyx's form assumes in ceyx's ghastly shape pallid he stood despoiled of garments at the widowed bed of the sad queen soaked was his beard and streams seemed from his heavy dripping locks to flow then leaning o'er the couch while gushing tears o'erspread his cheeks he thus his wife bespoke knowst thou thy ceyx wretched wretched wife or are my features changed by death again view me and here behold thy husband's shade instead of husband all thy pious prayers for me alcyone were vain i'm lost no more false hopes encourage me to see the showery south wind on the aegean main seized on our vessel and with mighty blast shivered it wide in fragments and the waves rushed in my throat as loud thy name i called but called in vain no doubtful author brings to thee these tidings no vague rumour this in person i relate it shipwrecked i my fate to thee detail rise and assist pour forth thy tears in sable garments clothed nor send my ghost to wander undeplored in shady tartarus thus morpheus spoke and in such accents that the queen deceived believed her husband spoke adown his cheeks seemed real tears to flow and even his hand with ceyx's motion moved deeply she groaned even in her sleep and raised her longing arms to clasp his body empty air she clasped exclaiming stay o whither dost thou fly together let us hence roused with the noise and spectre of her spouse sleep fled her eyes and round she cast her gaze for that to seek which she but now beheld waked by her voice her slaves approached with lights but when in vain she searched for what she lacked her face she struck rent from her breasts her garments beat her breasts themselves nor stayed her twisted hair to loose but tore the bands away then to her nurse anxious the subject of her grief to learn alcione she cries is now no more she with her ceyx in one moment fell hence with your soothing words shipwrecked he died i saw i knew him as he fled me stretched my arms to hold the fugitive ah no the shadow fled twas but his ghost but shade my husband mere resembling ne'er was formed yet had he not his wonted looks nor shone in former brightness his beloved face i saw him hapless stand with pallid cheek naked with tresses dropping still lo here wretched he stood just on the spot i point then anxious tried his footmarks there to trace this did my mind foreboding fear i prayed when me thou fledst the winds thou wouldst not trust but since to sure destruction forth thou wentst would that by me companioned thou hadst gone with thee my bliss had been with thee to go unwasted then one moment of the space for life allowed not even in death disjoined but now i perish and upon the waves though absent float the main me overwhelms though from the main far distant mental storms to me more cruel were than ocean's waves should i but longer seek to spin out life and combat such deep grief i will not strive nor wretched thee desert but now though late now will i join thee and the funeral verse shall us unite not in the self-same urn yet in the self-same tomb bones joined with bones allowed not yet shall name with name be seen the rest by grief was choked and sounding blows each sentence interrupted while deep groans burst from her raving bosom morning shone and forth she issued to the shore and sought in grief the spot where last his face she viewed departing here she said as slow he went as slow he loosed his cables on this beach the parting kiss he gave 
while her mind's eye retraces every circumstance she looks and something sees far floating on the waves not much unlike a man dubious at first what it may be she views it nearer now the billows drive it and though distant still plain to the eye a body was descried whose body witless still a shipwrecked wretch with boding omen moved her and in tears she wailed him as a stranger in these plaints unhappy wretch whoe'er thou art and she thy wife if wife thou hadst but now the surge more near the body bore the more she views nearer the corpse the more her senses fly and now close driven to shore it floats and now well she discerned it was it was her spouse tis he she loudly shrieked and tore her face her hair her garments then her trembling arms to see stretching dearest husband cried art thou restored thus to my wretched breast i raised by art adjoining to the beach a mole was formed which broke the primal strength of ocean's fury and the fierce waves tired hither she sprung and wondrous that she could she flew the light air winnowing with her wings new sprung a mournful bird she skimmed along the water's surface as she flies her beak slender and small a creaking noise sends forth of mournful sound and full of sad complaint soon as the silent bloodless course she reached around his dear-loved limbs her wings she clasped and gave cold kisses with her horny bill if ceyx felt them or his head was raised to meet her by the waves unlearned doubt but sure he felt them both at length the gods commiserating changed to feathered birds the same their love remains and subject still to the same fates and in the plumaged pair the nuptial bond is sacred joined in one parents they soon become and halcyon sits seven peaceful days mid winter's keenest rule upon her floating nest safe then the main for aeolus with watchful care the winds guards and prevents their egress and the seas smooths for the offspring with a grandsire's care these as they skimmed the surface of the main an ancient sire beheld and praised their love constant in death his neighbour or himself also repeats the bird which there you see brushing the ocean with his slender legs and shows a cormorant with his spacious maw a monarch's offspring was would you descend through the long series till to him you reach Ilus, Asaracus, and ganymede borne up to heaven by jove supplied the stock from whence he sprung laomedon the old and priam doomed to end his days with troy hector his brother but in spring of youth he felt this strange adventure he perchance as hector's might have left a towering name though from old dimas's daughter hector sprung fair elixiroe so fame reports daughter of two-horned granicus brought forth by stealth isacus neath thick ida's shade walled cities he detested and remote from glittering palaces secluded hills inhabited and unambitious plains and scarce at troy's assemblies e'er was seen yet had he not a clownish heart nor breast to love impregnable by chance he saw sebrinus's daughter fair hesperie oft by him through every shady wood pursued as on her father's banks her tresses spread adown her back in phoebus's rays she dried the nymph discovered fled so rapid flies the frighted stag to scape the tawny wolf or duck stream-loving from the hawk when caught far from her wounded lakes the trojan youth quick follows swift through hope she swift through fear lo in the herbage hid her flying foot with crooked fang a serpent bit and poured o'er all her limbs the poison with her flight her life was stopped frantic he clasps her form now lifeless and exclaims how grieve i now that e'er i thee pursued not this i feared how mean my conquest bought at such a price 
both hapless nymph in thy destruction joined i gave the cause the serpent but the wound i guiltier far than he unless my death shall thine avenge he said and in the main from an high rock by hoarsely roaring waves deep worn beneath prepared to plunge received by pitying tethers softly in his fall she clothes him as he swims the main with wings and death so much desired denies him still the lover furious at the unwelcome gift of life upon him forced and his pent soul bent on escaping from its hated seat confined soon as the new-shot plumes he felt spring from his shoulders up he flew and plunged again his body in the depths below his feathers broke his fall isarchus raved and deeply dived with headlong fury still and endless perseverance death he sought love keeps him meagre still from joint to joint his legs still longer grow his outstretched neck is long and distant far his head is placed he loves the ocean and the name he bears from constant diving seems correctly given end of section twenty two Section twenty three of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The Twelfth Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part One. Priam the sire much mourned to him unknown that still his son on pinions borne survived. While Hector and his brethren round the tomb, a name alone possessing, empty rites performed save paris from the solemn scene none absent were he with the ravished wife brought to his shores a long protracted war quick was he followed by confederate ships ten hundred and the whole palatian race nor had their vengeance borne so long delay but adverse raging tempests made the main impassable and on boeotia's shores in Aulus's port the impatient vessels bound here while the greeks the rites of jove prepare their country's custom as the altar blazed they saw an azure serpent writhe around a plain which near the altar reared its boughs its lofty summit held a nest within eight callow birds were lodged on these he seized and seized the mother who with trembling wings hovered around her loss all burying deep within his greedy maw all stare with dread but thestor's son prophetic truths who still beheld exclaimed rejoice o greeks rejoice conquest is ours and lofty troy must fall but great our toil and tedious our delay then showed the birds a nine years war foretold the snake entwining mid the virid boughs hard stone becomes but keeps his serpent's form but still their onian waves in violent swell were lashed by neptune nor their vessels bore and many deemed that troy he wished to spare whose walls his labour raised not so the son of thestor thought neither he knew not so nor what he knew concealed a victim dire the virgin goddess claimed a virgin's blood when o'er affection public weal prevailed the king o'ercame the father and before the altar iphigenia stood prepared her spotless blood to shed as tears gushed forth even from the sacrificial tendons then was diane moved and threw before their sight a cloud opaque and so tradition tells the maid thysenian to an hind was changed amid the priests the pious crowd and all who deprecating heard her doom this done diane by such a sacrifice appeased as diane best became and soothed her ire the angry aspect of the seas was smoothed and all the thousand vessels felt the breeze abaft and bore the long impatient crowd to phrygia's shores the spot there lies whose seat midst of created space twixt earth and sea and heavenly regions on the confines rests of the three-severed world whence are beheld all objects and all actions though remote 
and every sound by tending ears is heard here fame resides and in the loftiest towers her dwelling chooses and some thousand ways and thousand portals to the dwelling makes no portal closed with gates by day by night open they stand of sounding brass all formed all echoing sound all back the voice rebound and all reiterate every word they hear no rest within no silence there is found yet clamour is not but a murmur low such as the billows wont to make when heard from far or such as distant thunder sends when jove the dark clouds rends and drives aloof crowds fill the halls the trifling vulgar come and issue forth ten thousand rumours vague with truth commingled to and fro are heard words in confusion fly amid the throng these preach their words to vacant air and those to others tales narrate the measure still of every fiction in narration grows and every author adds to what he hears here lives credulity and here abides rash error transports vain astonished fear sedition sudden and uncertain whence dark whisperings fame herself sits high aloft and views what deeds in heaven and earth and sea are done and searches all creation round the news she spreads that now the grecian barks approach with valiant force nor did the foe unlooked for threat the realm all troy impedes their landing and the shores defends thou first protesilaus by great hector's spear unluckily wast slain the war begun their valiant souls ere yet they hector knew dear cost the greeks nor small the blood which flowed from phrygia's sons by grecia's valour spilled now blushed sigeum's shores with spouting blood where cygnus neptune's offspring gave to death whole crowds achilles in his chariot stood and with his forceful pelian spear o'erthrew thick ranks of trojans and as through the fights cygnus or hector to engage he sought cygnus he met delayed was hector's fate to the tenth year then to his white-necked steeds pressed by the yoke with cheering shouts he spoke and full against the foe his chariot drove his quivering lance well poised he shook and called whoe'er thou art o youth this comfort learn in death that by achilles arm thou diest thus far pelides and his massive spear close followed on his words with truth it fled yet did the steely point unerring hurled fall harmless with a deadened point his breast was struck then he o goddess born for fame thy race to me has long before made known why wonderest thou that i unwounded stand for wondering stood pelides not this helm which thou behold'st gay with the courser's mane nor the curved buckler by my arm sustained for aid are worn for comely grace alone they deck me thus is mars himself adorned thrown every guard far from my limbs my limbs unwounded would remain sure i may boast sprung not from nereus's daughter but from him who rules o'er nereus or his daughter rules and all the extent of ocean cygnus spoke and at pelides launched his spear to pierce his orbed shield its brazen front it pierced and nine bull hides beneath stayed at the tent the warrior shook it forth with strenuous arm the quivering weapon hostile back returned cygnus again unwounded felt the blow nor felt his naked bosom to the force of the third weapon vauntingly exposed all harmed less fiercely in the circus wide rages the bull knot when the scarlet vests to urge his fury fixed with furious horn to gore attempting finds illusion still the unhurt limbs invading seeks he now if fallen the metal from his weapon's point fast to the wood the metal still appears and cries he weak is then my hand and spent on one is all the strength i once could boast for surely strength that arm could boast which erst lunessus's wall o'erthrew and when with gore it tenedus and thebes made stream 
or when caicus purple flowed stained with their blood who on its banks had dwelt and when twice proved by telephus the virtue of my spear this nervous arm has here too shown its force in hills of slain by me upheaped these shores attest it speaking so his spear he sent against Menetes midst the lycian crowd as doubting faintly deeds performed before and pierced at once his corselet and his breast from the hot smoking wound as forth he drew the dart as with his dying head was struck the solid ground he spoke this is the hand and this the spear which conquest knew before this will i against him use may it when sent the same success attend ere ceased his words cygnus again with aim he sought nor swerved his ashen weapon whence he aimed but wrung and shrunk from on the shoulder thence repelled as from a wall or rugged rock it fell yet where the blow was felt did cygnus seem with blood disdained achilles joy was vain for wound was not Menetes' blood was there then furious from his lofty car he sprung and close at hand his braving foe assailed with glittering falchion by the falchion broke the helm and shield he saw but the keen edge his stubborn body blunted more the son of peleus bore not but the warrior's face with furious buffets from his shield unclasped first from his arm he smote and with his hilt heavy his temples and with headstrong rage bore on him nor to his astounded soul respite allowed dread through his bosom spread before his eyes swam darkness when amidst the plain a stone his retrogressive feet opposed pelides with his mightiest strength struck cygnus against it and to earth hard forced him thrown supine pent with his shield and nervous knees upon his bosom pressed tight he the lacing of the helmet drew which neath his chin was tied close pressed his throat his breathing passage and his life at once destroyed he when his conquered foe to spoil of all his arms he went the arms he found vacant the ocean god had to a bird of snowy plumage changed his offspring's form a bird which still the name of cygnus bears here stayed the toil here did the battle gain of numerous days a respite either power resting on arms unhostile then while guards watchful the trojan walls protective kept and sentries equal wakeful o'er the trench formed by the argives watched a feast was held where cygnus's victor stout achilles gave an heifer ribbon bound to athens maid the severed flesh was on the altar placed whose smoking fragrance grateful to the gods high to the ethereal regions mounted part their due the official sacrifices took to swell the feast the rest was given outstretched on couches laid the noble guests and filled with the dressed meat their hunger and with wine at once their thirst and all their cares assuaged no lyre them soothed no sound of vocal song nor long extended box and pipe with holes multiferous pierced but all night long discourse protracted valiant deeds alone the theme alike the valiant acts their foes performed and those their own they speak much they enjoy to tell by turns what hazards they overcame and what they oft successless tried what else could e'er achilles speech employ what else by great achilles could with joy be heard chief in the converse was the conquest late or cygnus gained the topic strange to all seemed it the youth from every weapon safe by wound unconquerable and with skin blunting the keenest steel wonder the greeks and wonders even pelides when in words like these old nestor hailed them cygnus proof gainst steel unpierceable by furious blows your age alone has known these eyes have seen peribian senius bear ten thousand strokes unhurt he famed for warlike actions dwelt on othrys and more strange those warlike deeds since female was he born 
the wondering crowd moved with the novel prodigy beseech their spokesman was achilles that the tale nestor would give them eloquent old man of all our age most prudent tell for all the same desire prevails o'er who was he this sinius why was changed his sex what wars of fierce encounter made him known to thee and if by any conquered tell the name then thus the senior though decrepit age weighs heavy on me and the deeds beheld in prime of youth in numbers scape my mind yet than those facts mid all of peace and war naught on my bosom made a deeper print yet may extended age of all beheld part of the numerous acts and objects seen relate i twice one hundred years have passed now in the third i breathe Cenus, a nymph sprung from elateus famed was all around for brightest beauty fairest of the maids who thessaly adorn theme of vain hopes to crowds of wooers through the neighbouring towns and even through thine achilles for the land thou claimst produced her nay her nuptial couch peleus perchance had sought save that the rites already with thy mother were complete or were in promise ready nuptial couch she never pressed for on the lonely shore strolling so fame declares the vigorous clasp of ocean's god she felt the charms possessed of his new object neptune said whate'er thou wishest choose secure of no repulse this too does fame report that cenus cried wrongs such as mine no trivial gift deserve that ne'er such shame again i suffer grant i woman be no longer that will all favours comprise her closing words betrayed a graver sound manly appeared her voice and masculine it was deep ocean's god acceded to her wish and granted more that wounds should never harm her nor by steel should she e'er fall joyed at the gift the god atracia's hero leaves employs his age in studies warlike and among the fields where fertilizing peneus wanders roams now bold ixion's son had gained the hand of hippodamia and the fierce-souled crowd cloud-born had bidden to attend the boards in order ranged within a cavern's mouth by trees thick shaded all the princes round of thessaly attended i myself amongst them went loud rung the regal feast with the mixed concourse almost joyful sung o hymen eo hymen and each hall blazed bright with fires the virgin then approached pre-excellent in fairness with a band of matrons and unwedded nymphs begirt most blessed we all exclaimed in such a spouse must be pirithous but such boding hopes well nigh deceived us for when drunken lust or thee eurytus governed of the blood of savage centaurs far most savage fired whether by wine or by the virgin's charms thou sawest thy breast instant the board o'erturned routed the guests convivial and the bride caught by her locks was forceful dragged away eurytus hippodamia seized the rest grasped such as pleased them or whoe'er they met it showed the image of a captured town with female shrieks the place resounded swift we start and theseus foremost thus exclaims what frenzy o eurytus thee impels pirithous thus to wrong me still in life ignorant that two thou woundst in one nor vain the chief magnanimous his threatening spoke the aggressors back repelled and while they raged the ravished bride recovered naught he said nor could such acts defence by words allow but with rude inconsiderate hands he pressed full on her champion's face his valiant breast assaulting near by chance a cup there stood of mould antique and rough with rising forms mighty it was but theseus mightier still seized it and full against his hostile face it dashed he vomits forth with clots of gore his brains and wine these issuing from the wound that from his mouth and on the soaking sand supine he sprawls 
with rage the two formed race burn for their brother's slaughter all with voice united eager call to arms to arms wine gave them courage and the primal fight was goblets fragile casks and hollow jars dashed on once instruments to feasts alone pertaining now for slaughter used and blood first amicus of ophion's son not feared to rob the sacred chambers of their spoils and from its cord suspensive tore away as from the roof it hung a glittering lamp and hurled it lofty poised full in the front of lapithian celadon so falls on the white neck the victim bull presents the sacrificial axe and all his bones were shattered left one all confounded wound his eyes sprang forth his palate bones displaced his nose driven back within his palate falls him belates pelean with a foot torn from a maple table on the ground stretched prone his chin forced downward on his breast and sputtering teeth with blackest gore commixed sent by a second blow to stygia's shades as next he stood and with tremendous brow the flaming altar viewed grinius exclaimed why use we this not and the ponderous load with all its fires he seized and mid the crowd of lapithians flung too low it pressed proteus and bold orion from her sphere orion's mother mycale by charms the moon to drag to earth has oft been known loud cried exodius were but weapons found that death impunity would boast not horns an ancient stag once brandished on a pine hung lofty served for arms the forky branch hurled in his face deep dug out either eye part to the horns adhere part flowing down his beard thence hang in ropes of clotted gore lo rita snatches from the altar's height a burning torch of size immense and through carax's dexter temple with bright hair shaded he drives it like the arid corn caught by the rapid flame the tresses burn and the scorched blood the wound sent forth a sound of horrid crackling gave oft whizzes steel so drawn forth glowing from the fire with tongs bent and in cooling waters frequent plunged and crackling sounds immersed in tepid waves the wounded hero from his tresses shook the greedy flames and in his arms upheaved torn from the earth a mighty threshold stone a wagon's burthen but the ponderous load forbade his strength to hurl it on the foe and on Cometes, who beside him stood dropped the huge bulk noritus then his joy disguised exclaiming such may be the aid that all your friends receive then with his brand half burnt his blows redoubling burst the skull with the strong force and on the pulpy brain by frequent strokes the bones beat down from thence victor evagoras corythus he met and dryas corythus o'erthrown whose cheeks the first down shaded loud evagoras cried what glory thine thus a weak boy to slay no more to utter Retus gave but fierce plunged the red flaming weapon in his mouth thus speaking and deep forced it down his throat the also furious dryas with the brand whirled round and round his head he next assails but thee the same sad fortune not befell him proud triumphing from increased success in blood thou piercest with an hardened stake where the neck meets the shoulder Retus groaned and from the hard bone scarce the wood could draw as drenched in blood his own by flight escaped with him fled lycabas and orneus fled thomas pisenor medon who was struck neath the right shoulder mimerus who late in rapid race all else surpassed but now moved halting with his wound abbas of bors the spoiler pholus and melanaeus too with a stylus the seer who from the war dissuaded but in vain his brethren crowd nay more to nessus fearing wounds he cried fly not thou'lt for old Cides bow be saved 
euronymus nor lycidas their fate arios nor imbrios fled whom face to face confronting dryas's hand smote down thou too crineus felt thy death in front though turned for flight thy feet for looking back thou courtst betwixt thine eyes the massy steel where joins the nose's basement to the forehead bones end of section twenty three Section 24 of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The Twelfth Book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part 2. With endless draughts of stupefactive wine, Aphidus lay, mid all the raging noise, unroused, and grasping in his languid hand a ready-mingled bow. Stretched was he seen on a rough bear-skin, brought from ossa's hill him from afar as phobus saw no arms dreading he fixed his fingers in the thongs and said with stygian waters mixed thy wine now drink and instant round his javelin twined the youth for as supinely stretched he lay the ash-formed javelin through his throat was driven no sense of death he felt his dark brown gore flowed in full stream upon the couch and flowed in his grasped goblet ay petraeus saw an acorn-loaded oak from earth to rend endeavouring which while compassed with both arms he strains now this way now the other shook appeared the tottering tree pyrithus's darts driven through the ribs petraeus's straining breast nailed to the rigid wood pyrithus's arm like a saw through and neath pyrithus's force fell chromis so they tell but less of fame the conqueror gained from these than from the death of helops and of dictus helops felt the dart through both his temples swift it whizzed his right ear entered showing at his left but dictus from a dangerous mountain's brow as flying trembling from ixion's son close following he descended headlong down he tumbled with his ponderous fall he broke a mighty ash within his riven side the stumps his bowels tore aphareus fierce came on for vengeance and a massive rock torn from the hill upheaved to throw to throw attempted theseus with an oaken club prevented and his mighty elbow broke nor now his leisure suits nor cares he now a foe disabled to dispatch to hell but on Biama's lofty back he springs unwont to bear except himself before pressed with his knees his ribs and grasping firm with his left hand his locks he bruised his face his frowning forehead and his hardened skull with the rough club with the same club he lays nadimnus prostrate and lycotus skilled to fling the javelin Hippasus, whose beard immense his breast o'ershaded, Ripheus sprung from lofty woods, and Tereus wont to drag home furious bears still living on the hills Thessalian court. Nor longer in the fight, raging with such success, Demolion bore Theseus to sea, but from a crowded wood, with giant efforts, strove a pine to rend, of ancient growth up by the roots, but foiled he flung the broken fragment mid the foe. Warned by Minerva from the flying wood, Theseus withdrew so would he we believe yet harmless fell the tree not from the breast and shoulder of great crantor was the neck severed the faithful follower of thy sire was he achilles him amintor king of old Dolopia, in the warlike strife o'ercome as pledge of peace and faithful words gave to Aesides. him mangled so with cruel wound peleus far distant saw and thus exclaimed o crantor dearest youth thy funeral obsequies behold he said and hurled his ashen spear with vigorous arm and with a spirit not less vigorous forth full on demolion 
tearing through the fence of his strong chest it quivered in the bones the pointless wood his hand dragged out the wood with difficulty dragged he in his lungs deep was the steel retained to his fierce soul fresh vigour gave the smart hurt as he was he reared against the foe and with his hoofs trampled thy sire he with his helm and shield wards off the sounding blows his shoulders guards holds his pretended steel and his foe's chest full twixt the shoulders one strong blow transpierced yet had he slain by distant darts before both hylas and phlegraeus and in fight more close had clenus and hipponus fallen to these must dorillus be added he a wolf skin round his forehead wore and bent a double wound presenting o'er his brows he bore the weapons of a savage bull with streaming gore deep blushing loud i cried while courage gave me strength see how my steel thy horns surpasses and my dart i flung my dart to scape unable o'er his brow towards the blow his hand he held his hand was to his forehead nailed loud shouts were heard and peleus at him wounded thus rushed on he nearer stood and with a furious blow mid-belly placed dispatched him high he sprung on earth his entrails dragging as they dragged madly he trampled what he trampled tore these round his legs entwining down he falls and with an emptied body sinks to death nor could thy beauty Silarus, avail aught in the contest if to forms like thine beauty we grant his beard to sprout began his beard of golden hue golden the locks that down his neck and o'er his shoulders flowed cheerful his face his shoulders neck and arms approached the models which the artists praise thus all that man resembled nor fell short the horse's portion beauties for a beast a neck and head supplied a steed were formed of caster worthy so was for the seat fitted his back so full outstood his chest his coat all blacker than the darkest pitch save his white legs and ample flowing tail crowds of his race him loved but one alone hylonomy could charm him fairest nymph of all the two-formed race that roamed the groves she sole enraptured Silurus with words of blandishment beloved and her love for him confessing grace in all her limbs and dress for him was studied smooth her hair for him was combed with rosemary now bound now with the violet with fresh roses now and oft the snow-white lily wore she twice daily she bathed her features in the stream that from pagasus's woody summit falls twice daily in the current laved her limbs nor clothed she e'er her shoulders or her sides save with the chosen spoils of beasts which best her form became most equal was their love as one they o'er the mountains strayed as one the caves they sought and both together then the lapithian roof had entered both now waged the furious war by whom unknown from the left side a javelin came and pierced thee deep o Silurus, neath where thy chest joins to thy neck drawn from the small formed wound the weapon with the mangled heart the limbs grew rigid all hylonomy supports his dying body and her aiding hand presses against the wound leans face to face and tries his fleeting life a while to stay when fled she saw it with laments which noise drowned ere my ears they reached full on the dart which through him stuck she fell and clasped in death her dear loved husband's form before my eyes still stands pheocomes whom closely joined six lions hides protected man and horse equal the covering shared phonoleus's son fierce on the skull he smote with stump immense huge as four oxen might with labour move crushed was the rounding broadness of the head and the soft brain gushed forth at both his ears his mouth his hollow nostrils and his eyes 
so through the straining oaken twigs appears coagulated milk so liquid flows through the fine sieve by supercumbent weights pressed down the thick curd at the small formed holes deep in his lowest flank the foe i pierced as from our fallen friend the arms to strip prepared he stooped thy father saw the deed thonius too fell beneath my sword and fell teleboas thonius bore a forky bow the javelin armed the other with its steel he pierced me lo the mark the wound has left still the old scar appears then was the time they should have sent me to the siege of troy then had i power great hector's arm to stay to check if not to conquer hector then was born not or a boy now age me robs of all my force why should i say how fell two-formed piretus by the strength or throne of periphantes why of amphics tell who in oeclus's hostile front deep sunk oeclus centaur born a pointless spear macareus erigdupus near the hill of pelethronus born against his chest full bearing prostrate laid nor should i pass how i the spear beheld by nessus's hands launched forth and buried in simulus's groin nor think you mopsus amphix's son excelled alone to teach the future by the dart of mopsus fell odites double formed to speak in vain he strove for tongue to chin and chin to throat were by the javelin nailed Seneas ere this had five to death dispatched bromius antimachus with hatchet armed pyracman stiphilus and helimus what wounds them slew i know not well their names and numbers i remember atreus big in body and in limbs sprung forth adorned in the gay arms halesus once had owned halesus of thessalia by him slain twixt strong virility and age his years still strong virility his arm could boast grey hairs his temples sprinkled lofty seen in helm and shield and macedonian spear proudly between the adverse ranks he rode and clashed his arms and circling scoured along these boasting words to the resounding air brave issuing Cenus, shall i bear thee so still will i think thee Cenus. female still by me thou'lt be considered bates it naught thy valour when thy origin thy soul reflects on when thy mind allows to own what deed the grant obtained what price was paid to gain the false resemblance of a man what thou was born remember mark as well who has embraced thee go the distaff take and carding basket with thy fingers twirl the flax and martial contests leave to men the spear which cineus hurled deep in his side bare as he coursed exposed the blow to meet pierced him when boasting thus just where the man joined the four-footed form with smart he raged and to the philian warrior's face his spear presented back the spear rebounded so bound the hard hailstones from the roof so leap the paltry pebbles on the hollow drum now hand to hand he rushes to engage and in his hardened sides attempts to plunge his weapon deep pervious his weapon finds no spot then cried he still thou shalt not scape though blunted is my point my edge shall slay and aimed a blow oblique to ope his side while round his flank was grasped his forceful arm sounded the stroke as marble struck would sound the shivered steel rebounding from his neck his limbs unwounded to the wandering foe thus long exposed loud cineus called now try our arms thy limbs to pierce up to the hilt his deadly weapon twixt his shoulders plunged then thrust and dug with blows unseeing mid his entrails deep thus forming wounds on wounds now all the furious crowd of double forms rush raging round him all their weapons hurl and all assail with blows this single foe blunted their weapons fall 
and Cineus stands unpierced, unbleeding from ten thousand strokes. Astonished at the miracle they gaze, but Monachus exclaims, What blasting shame a race o'erthrown by one, that one a man but dubious. Grant him man, our coward deeds prove us but what he has been. What avail our giant limbs, what boots our double strength, strength of created forms the mightiest too, in us conjoined. A goddess mother we assuredly should not boast, nor boast for sire Ixion, whose great daring soul him moved to clasp the lofty Juno in his arms, now vanquished by a foe half male. Him whelm with trees, with rocks, whole mountains heaped on high, whole falling forests, let that stubborn soul crush out. The woods upon his throat shall press, and wait for wounds shall serve. The centaur spoke, seizing a tree which lay by chance uptorn by raging Oster. On his valiant foe the bulk he hurled. All in like efforts joined, and quickly Othrys of his woods was stripped, nor Pelion's shade retained. Cineus oppressed, beneath the pile immense, the woody load, hot pants, and with his forceful shoulders bears to heave the unwieldy weight. But soon the heap reaches his face, and then o'ertops his head, nor breath is left his spirit can inhale. Now faint he sinks, and struggles now in vain to lift his head to air, and from him heave the heaped-up forests. Then the pile but shakes, as shakes the lofty ida you behold, when by an earthquake stirred, doubtful his end. His body, by the sylvan load down-pressed, some thought that shadowy Tartarus received. But Mopsus this denied, who spied a bird from mid the pile ascend, and mount the skies on yellow pinions. I the bird beheld, then first, then last, as wide on buoyant wing our force surveying, Mopsus saw him fly, and rustling round with mighty noise, his eyes and soul close marked him, and he loud exclaimed, Hail Cineus, of the Lapithian race, the glory, once of men the first, and now bird of thy kind unique. The seer's belief made credible the fact. Grief spurred our rage, nor bore we calmly that a single youth by hosts of foes should fall, nor ceased our swords in gore to rage till most to death were given. The rest by favouring darkness sade in flight. While thus the Pylian sage, the wars narrates waged by the Lapithian race, and foe centaurs half human, his splenetic ire Tlepolemus could hide not when he found Alcides' deeds passed o'er, but angry spoke. Old sire, astonished, I perceive the praise the deeds of Hercules' demand has scaped your mind. My father has been wont to tell whom he of cloud-begotten race or through oft have i heard him nestor sad replied why force me thus my miseries to recall to recollection freshening up the woes long years have blunted and confess the hate i bear thy sire for injuries received he o ye gods has deeds achieved which far all faith surpass and has the wide world filled with his high fame would i could this deny for praise we ere deiphobus or praise give we polydamus or hector's self who can a foe applaud this sire of thine messenia's walls laid prostrate and destroyed ellis and pylos unoffending towns rushing with fire and sword in our abode to pass the rest who neath his fury fell twice six of nelius's sons were we beheld twice six save me beneath alcides arm there died with ease were conquered all but one strange was of periclymenus the death whom neptune founder of our line had given what form he willed to take that form thrown off his own again resume when vainly changed to multifarious shapes he to the bird most dear to heaven's high sovereign whose curved claws the thunders bear himself transformed 
the strength that bird possesses using with bowed wings his crooked beak and talons pounced his face against him tyrinthius his unerring bow bent and as high amid the clouds he towered and poising hung pierced where his side and wing just met nor deep the hurt the sinew torn still him disabled and denied the power to move his wing or strength to urge his flight to earth he fell his pinions unendowed with power to gather air and the light dart fixed superficial in the wing his fall deep in his body pierced out his left side close by his throat the pointed mischief stood now valiant leader of the rhodian fleet judge what from me the great alcides deeds of blazonry can claim yet the revenge i give my brethren is on his brave acts silent to rest to thee still firm allied in friendship thus his eloquent discourse the son of neleus ended and the gift of bacchus oft repeated circled round to the old senior's words then from the board they rose and night's remainder gave to sleep but now the deity whose trident rules the ocean waters with the father's grief mourns for his offspring to a bird transformed savage against fierce achilles he pursues his well-remembered ire with hostile rage and now the war near twice ten years had seen when long-haired phoebus thus the god addressed o power to me most dear of all the sons my brother boasts whose hands with mine upreared in vain the walls of troy grievest thou not now those towers beholding as they ruined fall grievest thou not now such thousands to behold slain those high towers attempting to defend grievest thou not more i need not speak to think of hector's body round his own troy dragged when still the fierce achilles even than war more ruthless of our works destroyer lives would it to me were given my trident's power well know i he should prove but since denied to rush and hand to hand this foe engage slay him with unsuspected secret dart the delian god consented and at once his uncle's vengeance and his own indulged veiled in a cloud amid the aelian host he darts and mid a slaughtered crowd beholds where paris on plebeian foes his shafts unerring hurls to him confessed the god exclaims why wastest thou in ignoble blood thy weapons if thy friends employ thy care turn on pelides every dart revenge thy murdered brothers phoebus spoke and showed where with his steel achilles ranks on ranks of troy or through on him the bow he turns to him he guides the sure the deadly dart now may old priam joy for hector slain for thou achilles victor o'er such hosts falsed by the coward's hand who stole from greece the ravished wife or if foredoomed thy lot by woman warrior to be slain to fall by amazonian weapon hadst thou chosen now burns eacides the phrygians dread the pride the guardian of the grecian name the chief in war unconquered and the god who armed him once consumes him ashes now naught of the great pelides can be found save what with ease a little urn contains but still his glory lives and fills all earth such bounds alone the hero suit his fame equals himself nor sinks he to the shades his shield itself as conscious who's the shield fomented wars and quarrels for his arms arose tydides feared to urge his claim ajax oelus's son atrides is each him youngest and the monarch who surpassed in age and warlike skill and all the crowd laertes's son and telamon's alone tried the bold glorious contest from himself all blame invidious agamemnon moved the grecian chiefs amid the camp he placed and bade the host around the cause decide End of section 24.
Section twenty five of Metamorphoses. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Metamorphoses by Publius Ovidius Naso. Ovid. Translated by J. J. Howard. The thirteenth book of the Metamorphoses of Ovid. Part one. The princes sat, the common troops in crowds circled them round when ajax in the midst lord of the sevenfold shield arose with rage uncurbed segeum's shores he fiercely viewed and ship-clad beach while with extended arms o jupiter he cried before this fleet must then our cause be tried with me contends ulysses he who yielded all a prey to hector's fires whom i alone repelled fires from which i that fleet drove far more safe tis sure with artful language to contend than battle hand to hand hard tis for me to speak for him tis no less hard to fight and much as i in keen urged blows excel and arduous contest such in words is he my deeds o grecians to rehearse what need have you not seen them let ulysses tell his actions feats without a witness done night only privy mighty is the prize i own but ajax's glory suffers much striving with such a rival granted great its value where the boast to have obtained what this ulysses hoped for he even now enjoys the advantage of the contest foiled his pride will be to boast with me he strove but i if doubtful is my valour deemed have claims most potent in my noble race sprung from great telamon who troy's proud town neath brave alcides captured and explored the shores of colchis in the Haemonian bark his sire was iacus who equal law dispenses mid the silent shades where toils aeolian sisyphus beneath his stone well mighty jove knows iacus and owns him son thus ajax ranks but third from jove nor yet o greeks should this descent my cause assist save that achilles claimed the same of brothers born a kinsman's right i ask why should one sprung of sisyphean blood like his progenitor in theft and fraud engraft an alien name upon the stock of iacus am i the arms refused that first i joined the warriors joined your host betrayed not by informers worthier he that last his arms he took with madness feigned shunning the warfare till more crafty came nor pleiades though luckless for himself who showed his coward soul's devices plain and hither dragged him to the hated wars now let him arms most glorious take who arms to wear refused let me unhonoured go robbed of my kindred right who first arrived to face the perils would ye gods that true or thought so his insanity had been then counsellor of cruel deeds he ne'er had joined our camp before the phrygian walls then thou o pian's son had lemnos ne'er known to our shame abandoned on the shore thou now so fame reports in woody caves sheltered even rocks moved with thy rending groans prayest that laertes son his justest meeds may gain ye gods ye gods grant ye his prayers a favouring ear now he by oath combined with us in war o heavens a leader too ere to employ alcides faithful darts sinks both by famine and disease oppressed by birds sustained and clothed by birds he spends upon his feathered prey the darts designed to end the fate of troy yet still he lives for here he never with ulysses came content had hapless palamedes been deserted so life might he have enjoyed perchance and blameless sure to death had sunk he whom this wretch too mindful of the time his counterfeited madness was exposed feigned had betrayed the greeks and proved the crime by forged assistance showing forth the gold first buried by himself 
thus he destroys the strength of greece by exile or by death thus fights ulysses thus must he be feared who though old faithful nestor he surpassed in eloquence not all would e'er avail to prove deserting nestor was no shame who pressed with age and with a wounded horse delayed ulysses aid besought behind his coward comrade left him well this deed tydides can declare by me not feigned who oft him reprimanded by his name and cursed the flying of his trembling friend gods with just eyes all mortal actions view lo he who aid would give not aid requires who nestor left deserted was himself himself prescribed the treatment which he found loud called he to his friends i come i see pale trembling where he lies with dread to view impending death my mighty shield i fling beneath it shade him and his coward breast my smallest claim to glory i protect if still persisting thou the strife wilt urge thither again return recall the foe thy wound thy wonted terror and lie hid beneath my shield neath that with me contend lo him i snatched from death whose wounds refused even power to stand retarded not by wounds in agile flight sped on now hector comes whom in the fight the deities attend where'er he swept not thou ulysses soul wast struck with dread the bravest of our host shrunk such the terror which then filled the field when hand to hand engaged him prone i laid proud of his slaughter on the ensanguined plain with a huge stone i singly him opposed all single challenged all the greeks to me prayed for the lot nor vain your prayers were found inquire ye what the fortune of the fight i stood by him unconquered when all troy rushed on the fleet of greece with fire with sword and aiding jove where was ulysses then the eloquent ulysses i alone a thousand ships the hopes of your return defended with my breast this crowd of ships deserves those arms nay if with truth to speak you grant those arms more glory gain from me than i from them our honour is conjoined ajax the arms demand not ajax arms let ithacus compare his rhesus slain and slain unwarlike dolon and trepanned helenus priam's son and Pallas's form in open day naught done and naught performed save diomed assisted grant for once such paltry service could the armour claim divide the prize and lo the largest share tydides must demand but why this prize seeks ithacus who all his deeds performs in private traversing unarmed the foe while unsuspecting conquering by deceit this helmet's radiance from the glittering gold darting would show his plots and open lay the latent spy but his dulichian head cased in achilles cask the weight would whelm and for his languid arms the pillion spear too weighty would be found that shield engraved with all earth's various scenes but ill would grace his arm for stealthy deeds alone designed presumptuous fool to seek a prize which gained would only mar thy power by erring votes of grecians given to thee cause would it be the foe would strip thee not thy prowess fear and flight in which o trembler erst alone thou all surpassed slow wouldst thou then pursue such ponderous armour dragging those thy shields which bears so rare the brunt of battle shines yet whole a new successor mine demands which gashed by weapons shows a thousand rents to end what need of words let actions show each one's deserts amid the foe be thrown the valiant warrior's arms thence bid us bring the prize who brings it let him wear the spoil so spake the telamonian warrior round a murmur followed from the circling crowd till up the chief of ithaca arose 
his eyes a while cast down raised from the earth the chiefs with anxious looked-for sounds addressed nor grace was wanting to persuasive words o grecians had your prayers and mine been heard owner of what such cause of strife affords were now not dubious thou pelides still these arms possessing we possessing thee but since unpitying fate to you to me denies him here as weeping o'er his eyes his hand he draws who with so just a right can great achilles now succeed as he who great achilles brought the greeks to join let it not aid his cause that fool he seems or stupid is indeed nor aught let harm the ingenuity i claim to mine which o ye argives still has aided you let not my eloquence if such i boast and words whose vantage often you have proved now for their author move invidious thoughts nor what each claims his proper gift refuse scarce can we call our ancestry our race or deeds by them performed merits our own yet since of grandsire jove this ajax boasts i too can boast him author of my line nor more degrees removed my sire was named laertes his archesius and from jove archesius came direct nor in this line ere any exiled or condemned appeared selenius too his noble lineage adds through my maternal stock each parent boasts a god-descended race yet claim i not the arms contested merely that i spring maternally more noble nor them claim that from a brother's blood my sire is free by merit solely you the cause adjudge these only none to ajax that his sire and peleus brethren were ere grant the prize desert and not propinquity of blood should gain if kindred then the hero's heir demands it peleus still survives his sire and pyrrhus is his son where ajax is right to thea or to skyrus be it born nor less is teucer cousin than himself yet does he ask or does he hope the arms but since the obvious contest is by deeds performed though mine outnumber far what words can easy compass yet will i relate in order some the nereid mother knew his future fate her offspring's dress disguised and all even ajax the fallacious robes deceived with female wares i mingled arms which stir the martial soul nor had the youth disrobed him of his virgin dress when grasped as in his hand the shield and lance he held i cried o goddess-born reserved for thee is ilium's fate the mighty trojan walls why to o'erthrow demurst thou him i seized sent the brave youth brave actions to achieve and all his actions as my own i claim my spear then conquered telephus in fight and after healed the suppliant vanquished foe thebes low by me was laid i you must own lesbos and tenedos and skyros took chrysa and scylla bright apollo's towns my arm Lenesis's walls shook and laid low but other deeds i well may pass since i gave to the host what dreadful hector slew by me renowned hector fell those arms i claim who gave those arms which to the greeks achilles found living those arms i gave him dead those arms i gave again demand the wrongs of one through every grecian breast spread wide a thousand ships the euboean port of aulis filled the long-expected gales or came not or blew adverse to the fleet the rigid oracle atrides bade his guiltless daughter sacrifice to calm ruthless diana stern the sire denied and raged against the gods the sovereign all lost in the father i with soothing words the parents bosom mollified and turned to thoughts of public good still i confess and such confession will the king excuse an arduous cause i pleaded where my judge was by affection warped the people's weal his brother and the lofty rank he held moved him at length 
and glory with his blood he bought then to the mother was i sent where reasoning had no force but subtle craft there had you sent the son of telamon still had your sails the needful breezes lacked sent was i also to the aelian towers a daring envoy troy's famed court i saw troy's court i entered then with heroes filled there undismayed i pleaded all that greece bade for their common cause paris accused helen demanded and the stolen spoil and priam and antinor both convinced but paris paris's brethren and the crowd who aided in the rape their impious hands could scarce withhold thou menelaus knowst who then with me the dawning of the war didst prove in danger long the tale to speak of all my deeds have done the public cause to aid since first the lengthened war began by counsel or by valour waged the first rough skirmish long our foes within their walls protected lay no scope for open war but in the tenth year now we fight again in all that period what hast thou who knowst but fighting done where was thy service then i if my deeds thou seek'st the foe betrayed by subtlety girt us with trenches round inspirited our soldiers made them bear with mind unmurmuring all the tedious war taught where to find the means to gain supplies of food and arms wherever need me called there always was i sent lo when the king from jove's deceptive dream gave word to quit the unfinished war he might the deed defend through him who bade but ajax disapproves the flight insists troy shall in ruins lie asserts our power may do it no our troops embarking he not stayed why seized he not his arms why somewhat to the wavering crowd said not to fix no weighty task to him who ne'er harangues except on mighty themes why that that ajax fled himself i saw but blushed to see thee when thy back thou turnst hasting thy coward sails to hoist i spoke instant o fellow-soldiers whither now what voice insane now urges you to leave already captured troy what will you bear homeward a lengthened ten years shame besides with words like these back from the flying fleet i brought them eloquence had sorrow's aid atrides called the council all with dread trembling were dumb nor there dared ajax gape but there thersites durst with galling words the king provoke vengeance he met from me i rose our panic-stricken friends once more roused against the foe i by my words recalled departed valour hence whoever boasts since then of valiant deeds those deeds are mine who back recalled him as he turned for flight last tell me which of all the greeks applauds or as a comrade seeks thee all his acts with me tidides shares allows me praise ulysses still his confidential friend sure from such thousands of the argive ranks by diomed selected i may boast nor lot me bad to go when void of fear through double danger of the foe and night i went and phrygian dolon slew who dared on our adventure come but slew him not till made to utter all the wiles betray perfidious troy intended all i learnt nor aught for further search remained now i the camp with fame sufficient might have gained but not content for rhesus's tents i push him and his guards surrounding in his camp i slay victorious so possessed of all my hopes designed the car i mount and proud a glad triumpher ride now me deny the arms of him whose steeds the spy had hoped meed of his bold excursion ajax say more worthy why sarpedon's lycian troop vanquished should i with boastful tongue relate i vanquished seranos iphitus's son alastor chromius and alcander's stout halius noemon pretanus with crowds slaughtered beside 
thorn to hell i sent Cursidamus and carops and to fates unpitying enomus dispatched with these beneath yon walls whole heaps of meaner rank this hand has slain and fellow-soldiers lo my wounds are honourable all in place believe not empty words yourselves behold then stripped his robe exclaiming here the breast still for your good employed no drop of blood has ajax shed since first our host he joined in all these years his body still remains unwounded yet on this why should i dwell if he must boast that for the argive fleet he fought alone against jupiter and troy he fought i grant it no malignant spite shall move detraction from his valiant deeds but let him not the common rights of more monopolize let him to each allow the honour which they claim patroclus feared in great pelides semblance backward drove all troy and troy's protector from the ships then burning next his vanity would boast he only in the field of mars durst strive with hector of the king the chiefs and me forgetful in the list the ninth alone solely by lot preferred yet warrior brave what was the issue of this daring fight hector unwounded left you mournful theme with what deep sorrow i the time recall when bulwark of the greeks achilles fell nor tears vain lamentations nor pale fear me checked the prostrate body from the ground i raised upon those shoulders yes i swear these very shoulders i pelides bore with all his arms the arms i now require strength i must have to bear with such a load as sure your votes will meet a grateful mind was it because the bright celestial gift might clothe the limbs of one without a soul stupidly dull that all her anxious care the green-haired mother on her son employed arms wrought with art so great knows he the least the shield's engravings ocean or the land the lofty sky the planets pleiads bright hyads the bear ne'er plunged beneath the main orion's glittering sword or various towns arms he demands he cannot understand but how asserts he i the toils of war evaded joining late the fighting host nor cease he scandalizes too the fame of great pelides if indeed a crime dissembling must be called dissembled both if faulty all delay the first i came a tender wife me kept a tender tie a mother kept achilles our life's spring to them was given the rest reserved for you nor should i fear even were this crime i share with such a man of all defence denied yet his disguise ulysses is cunning found ajax ne'er found ulysses needs surprise to hear the abusing of his booby tongue when with like guilt he stigmatizes you shames most that i this palamedes brought falsely accused your sentence to receive or that you doomed him so accused to die but now Pius's son not even defence could urge so plain his crime appeared nor did you trust the accusation heard obvious you saw the bribe for which you doomed him nor of blame deserve i aught that philoctetes stays in vulcan's lemnos you the deed excuse all to the deed assented yet my voice persuasive will i not deny i used but spared from travel and from war's fatigue in rest he might his cruel pains assuage he liked my words and lives my counsel here not merely faithful though our faith the whole our promise can ensure but happy proved his presence since the seer's prophetic ask to achieve the fall of troy dispatch not me ajax will better go will better soothe with eloquence of tongue a man who burns with raging choler and with smarting pains or with some stratagem him thence allure but simois's stream shall sooner backward flow ida unwooded stand achaia aid the trojan power than ajax's stupid soul shall help the greeks when first my anxious mind striving to aid you has been found to fail
o stubborn philoctetes though enraged against thy comrades against the king and me though thou mayest curse me and my head devote through endless days though in thy grief thou askst to meet me and to glut thee with my blood still will i try thee and if fortune smiles so will i gain thy arrows as i gained the trojan prophet whom i captive made as i the oracles of heaven laid ope and all the fate of troy as from its room close hidden i the form of pallas brought the charm of troy through ranks of hostile foes mates ajax here with me fate had denied of troy the capture till that prize obtained where then the mighty ajax where the boasts of this brave hero why this risk evade why dared ulysses through the watchful guards steal mid the darkling night and find his way not merely past the trojan walls but high through raging swords their loftiest turrets scale bear off the goddess from her sacred fane and with the prize again repass the foe this deed not done ajax had bore in vain on his huge arm the sevenfold oxen hide from that night's deeds i ilium's conquest share then troy i conquered when the fact was done which made troy vincible cease thou to mark with looks and mutterings diomed my friend his share in all was glorious nor wast thou single when with thy buckler thou didst guard the general fleet crowds aided i was one he but he knows too well that less esteem valour demands than wisdom that the prize a mere unconquered arm not justly claims had also sought thy milder namesake too or fierce eurypylus or thoas son of bold and equal right to hope idomeneus meriones might boast each cretan born and who the sovereign king his brother claims but all their valorous breasts nor does their martial prowess stoop to thine yield to my wisdom in the fight thy arm is mighty prudence boast i which that arm directs to thee a force immense is given without a brain foresight is given to me well thou canst wage the war the time that war to wage atrides oft with me resolves thou aidest with thy body i with mind and as the guider of the ship transcends him who but plies the oar as soars above the soldier he who leads him so must i thee far surpass for far the mental powers in me surpass the merits of my arm in mind my vigour lies ye nobles speak give to your watchful guardian this reward for the long annual care with anxious mind he gave you this reward at length bestow to his deserts but due his labour done the obstructing destinies by me removed high troy by me is captured since by me the means high troy to overthrow are given now beg i by our hopes conjoined the walls of troy already tottering by the gods gained from the foe so lately by what more through wisdom may be done if aught remains or aught of boldness which through peril sought wanting you still may deem to fill troy's fate if mindful of my merits you would rest the arms award to this if not to me and pointed to minerva's fateful form moved with a band of nobles plainly shown what eloquence could do persuasion gained the valiant warrior's arms then he who stood against steel and fire and the whole force of jove so oft his own vexation now o'ercame grief conquered his unconquerable soul he seized his sword and surely this he cried still is my own or claims ulysses this against myself this steel must now be used this stained so oft with phrygian blood be stained with his who owns it lest another hand than ajax's own should ajax overcome no more but where his breast unguarded lay pervious at length to wounds his deadly blade he plunged nor could his hand the blade withdraw the gushing blood expelled it 
straight there sprung through the green turf formed by the blood-soaked earth a purple flower like that which sprung before from hyacinthus's wound amid the leaves of each the self-same letters are inscribed the boy's complainings and the hero's name victorious ithacus his sails unfurls to seek the land hypsipyle once ruled and thoas famed an isle of old disgraced by slaughter of its males to bring the darts the weapons of tyrinthius these obtained to greece and with their owner brought at length the furious war was finished priam falls with troy and priam's more unhappy spouse to crown her losses loses human shape with new herd barkings shaking foreign climes where the long hellespont's contracted bounds are seen troy blazed nor yet the fires were quenched the scanty drops of blood jove's altar soaked which flowed from aged priam by her locks dragged on apollo's priestess vainly stretched to lofty heaven her arms the victor greeks tear off the trojan mothers as they clasp their country's imaged gods and as they cling to flaming temples an invidious prey astyanax is from those turrets flung when erst he wont to view his sire whose arm him guarding and his ancestorial realm in fight his mother showed and boreas now departure urged swollen by a favouring breeze the rattling canvas warned the sailor crew o troy farewell the trojan matrons cry hence are we born they kiss their natal soil and leave the smoking ruins of their domes last mournful object hecuba descried amid her children's graves the bark ascends ulysses hand her dragged as close she grasped their tombs and kissed their bones which still remained yet snatched she hastily and bore away of hector's ashes some and in her breast hugged them and on the top of hector's tomb left her grey hairs her hairs and flowing tears oblation fruitless to his last remains end of section twenty five